Each week, our USA Today Sports Plus Insiders Talk X's analyze O's and bring you behind the scenes. Exclusive, entertaining, insightful, because they know football. But what's it called? It's a football podcast. All right, guys, NFL season's over. Some of us still have a Super Bowl hangover. And uh, let's just get right into it. I'm Savadine, joined by Tyler Dragon. We're your NFL insiders with USA Today Sports Plus. Tyler, how you feeling, man? I think everybody knows. I was probably talking about you hungover at the Super Bowl. Yeah, you were probably. Or after the Super Bowl. Yeah, you were probably talking about <laughs> me. My voice isn't like Sean McVay's, though, during the 8 a.m. press conference that uh, he had the game, I mean, the day after the Super Bowl. But, you know. They really need to push that they back, do. man. They do. I mean, I get that, you know, you're trying to appease the East Coast audience, but us on the West Coast, it was 8 a.m. That means we had to get up like at 6, 7 o'clock to go that first after that long night. They and they just got had got done partying. Now I was not partying on Sunday night. Oh, I might have been partying some of the other days, but I was not partying on uh, Sunday night. But the Super Bowl was a, a great experience. I have a column. Uh, coming out about just all the what it meant for the city of LA for the Rams winning their first Super Bowl in Los Angeles. It was it was just a great moment for the city, and I mean it was a West Coast vibe through and through. I mean you saw it. Of course, yeah. they came out to Nipsey Hustle last time I checked. Then they had a West Coast theme halftime show. The third quarter, mm-hmm. it was looking bleak <laughs> for, for the Rams because <laughs> the Bengals came out with the vengeance in that third quarter, ten unanswered points. Uh-huh. But then, I mean, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, they were the best two players on the field, and they stole the show. They were the stars among stars in that game, uh, especially in that fourth quarter. It was just a great Super Bowl. I know some Bengals fans, they are disappointed. Uh, Bengals players, they are obviously disappointed. They had a, you know, a look so. of, you know, frustration, disappointment after the game when I was talking to them. But they have nothing to hang their heads about. Wrote another column about that. Shameless plug again. <laughs> because nobody expected them to be there. Y'all know, you know, Soffit from just, you know, on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick the Bengals to beat the Tennessee Titans. I didn't pick the Bengals to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. I hear you, producer I'm gonna pick Emily. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. <laughs> but they had an improbable run, and nobody expected it. So they, you know, exceeded expectations. So congrats to the Bengals. Uh, hand clap oh, for having a good yes, season. Yes, Congrats but, to the Bengals, know, yes. Give it to the, you know, the L.A. Rams for winning a Super Bowl in their home stadium. They deserve it. So congratulations. Congratulations to both teams, but especially to the LA Rams. Oh, we got a round of applause. A round of of applause for producer Emily in prime form here, (laughs) having Tyler's ad lib already. All I know is when, um, you know, when Snoop Dogg said something about the Bay in one of his lines, I could only think of. And the Bay's better than LA. Think, oh, my God. I can only I can only think about that. You know, from the Bay to L.A., that's all I could think and about. The Bay's better than L.A. <laughs> See, you know, producer Emily is just in prime form right. today. She she does not have a Super Bowl hangover like she you does, Tyler, she, she does not. Sure. She does not. <laughs> Tyler, let's get into the Super Bowl, man. I want to talk about Aaron Donald. Um, I know you were probably heading to the Super Bowl. Um, probably just got into your nice little comfy seat in SoFi Stadium, but 
uh, during the pregame show on NBC, they showed a bunch of commercials before the Super Bowl, which is really cool. And also Rodney Harrison, you know, the former NFL pro um, on NBC's pregame show, postgame show, um, said Aaron Donald was contemplating retirement if he was going to win the Super Bowl. And when Rodney Harrison said it, a, a lot of us, I think everybody was like, did he just say that? <laughs> and it seemed like one of those moments where, you know, Rodney Harrison led a really, really private conversation that he and Aaron Donald had, you know, public. And, you know, you kind of wondered, I definitely wondered if Aaron Donald would have taken offense to that. You know how people are in this industry where, you know, people come out with news that they really did talk about and then they deny really, really immediately. Um, and Aaron Donald didn't really deny and kind of, conf- I don't know if you would say confirm either, but he, uh, you know, he kind of left the door open. I think he's going to try to enjoy the Super Bowl after the win and, you know, he obviously said some things, you know, about eight years straight. He's been, you know, physically shaped as one of the best players in the NFL. We've always known him to be one of the best defensive players in the NFL. I think the Super Bowl ring, the ring that he always pointed to in his finger, <laughs> you know, finally got got into his possession here. Um, you know, Tyler, if, if Aaron Donald calls it quits, you know, what does it say about his career um, and his standing as one of the best defenders of all time. So it was interesting because, you know, during the pregame, I had no idea that Harrison had said that. And it, I started hearing rumblings like right up, maybe right when kickoff happened and it, or during the first quarter. And I didn't really uh, understand. I was like, no, nah, Aaron, no, can't be true. But then, you know, I kept on hearing those rumblings. I saw the uh, Rodney uh, Harrison clip. And it it shocked me, really, because he is at the top of his game. Obviously, uh, the best overall player in football, in my opinion. Um, but after that game and after seeing him with his family, I, I could tell that he might be contemplating it a little bit. He said, leading up to the Super Bowl, that he had accomplished everything except winning a world championship. And he accomplished it. You can tell he was, you know extremely excited like you said pointing to his ring finger he had his family uh with him and then during the post game uh the press conference he set up on the podium and you know he said some words that made you believe that he was seriously contemplated because he said the mission is yeah. complete so i mean are you talking about your career is complete like he had his family up there with him kissing hit you know everybody mm-hmm. uh, and his family so mm-hmm. it, it kind of led you to believe that he is seriously contemplating it i if i had to bet i would say that he is still going to play a few seasons again i said that about tom brady and i was wrong maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah maybe, yeah, maybe, keyword, maybe. um but you know he has really accomplished everything in his career, and he has to go down yeah. as at least one of the best defensive players in NFL history. If, if people have him number uh, number one as a defensive player, I you, can, you won't get much argument from me. I think it's out of you know the Lawrence Taylors of the world, the Reggie Whites, yeah. and Aaron Donald's right there. Deion Sanders. I mean, yeah. he he has to be in a discussion with what he has accomplished in just eight seasons. That is miraculous. Like seven all pros. He'd been pro bowl every single year, three time defensive Mm -hmm. player of the year. And now a super bowl championship. Like he, man, the way he took over that game in those final two plays though, 
Like, yeah, that was fair. a Jordan-esque type ending when he played the Jazz mm-hmm. and hit that final shot in game six. Yep. Aaron Donald stopped the Bengals on third and one, then had the crucial pressure and forced uh, Joe Burrow into an Aaron throw that really had no chance. It was, I mean, storybook ending if it is his end, but I don't think so. I think he's going to come back uh, next year and maybe even the year after that because he is still in his prime. I mean, he may be closing into the end of his prime, but he is still smack dab in his prime, and he's the best player overall in the NFL. Yeah, Tyler, you 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 mentioned those two plays, the third down play where – for some reason, the Bengals coach Zach Taylor had Samaji Prerine in the game instead of Joe Mixon for the run matter. play. <laughs> it probably would not have mattered, too, honestly, because Aaron Donald just shot the gap and was already in the backfield. Um, that's a third and one stop, so they stopped the first down there. Then fourth and one, the Bengals have to go for it. Um, Joe Burrow has this play, and it's you know fourth and one, and he has four wide. So this really, like, Bengals, that's how they like to play. Mm-hmm. They like to play with Joe Burrow having the ball in his hands with T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, another receiver or running back, whether it's Uz- Uz- um, C.J. Uzma or, um, you know, Joe Mason right there in the mm-hmm. slot. But, um, you know, T. Higgins might have been open probably for the first two downs. They were playing some cushion on that side. And then on the other side, Jamar Chase got by Jalen Ramsey pretty quickly. And sure enough, it was too bad because Aaron Donald got by the Bengals O line even faster yes. um, than Jamar Chase did too. So, um, look, it was a legendary performance by Aaron Donald. Those two plays cemented his status and his claim for the Super Bowl. I think, you know, Cooper Cup had two touchdowns in that game, including the game-winning touchdown. Had a couple more drive. You know, I think four, four to six touches on that final drive of the game. Where in that second half, this game completely changed. Once Oda Beckham, you know, was out with a knee injury. Sean McVay and Matt Stafford, they had to adjust. Um, and it was difficult for them to adjust. They couldn't feed Cooper Cup all the time. And, you know, there was no Robert Woods. There was also no Tyler Higby. So for them to win this game without all their offensive weapons and the run game wasn't going well for them at all, um, you know, it's a huge win for the Rams, um, pretty big for them. And, you know, one more thing I would say to you, Tyler, is also the uh, the Aaron Donald, as we wrap up the Aaron Donald uh, discussion and going to Cooper Cup, Um I think I think LT might have the edge over him just because of the fact that, you know, Aaron Donald's a really, really nice guy, right? Like when we see him <laughs> off, off the camera and, you know, on a podcast or an interview, he's a, he's a nice guy. He's a menace on the field. And I think Lawrence Taylor, I think people in real life actually did fear him <laughs> outside of the football field. Oh, people fear Aaron Donald, that, though, too. <laughs> you ain't going to walk up yeah. and mess with Aaron Donald. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not going to. You're not going to. But – I think LT was yeah. was uh, another beast, oh, oh, the yeah. same animal, different beast, and I think LT takes the edge from me there. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you mentioned ahead, that fourth and one uh, play though about Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase because when Aaron Donald got there, Jalen Ramsey was falling down, so that could have been a game winning play for the Bengals. We can yeah. be talking about something entirely different. Aaron Donald really mm-hmm. saved Jalen Ramsey because. If Jalen Ramsey got beat on that route because he was beat, he was beat and he was he falling was down when at, at the point of attack when Aaron Donald got to Joe Burrow. If Joe Burrow had a uh-huh. half a second, the Bengals might have had a walk off touchdown. They might have, man. I, you know what? Before we get it to Cooper Cup, man, I got to shout out Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> he too, had a man, tough day. <laughs> I I covered Jalen Ramsey at Florida State University. 
Um, this guy rivaled Deion Sanders, probably one of the best athletes to ever come out of that school. It's him, Derwin James, Deion Sanders, probably the best three athletes, DBs, to come out mm-hmm. of that school. The first first quarter, Jamar Chase got him on a deep pass. I mean, we forgot about the Mike Evans pass a couple weeks ago, too, in, the, in that other game. But, um, you know, he came back and answered with that Higgins, you know, stop taking to the red zone. Mm-hmm. Good stop there. But um, that other T Higgins. Higgins, when when Higgins ripped his helmet, yeah, I mean, that was that was a bad that was I mean, that should have been offense. Was not in good position. That should have been offensive. P.I. Yeah, it should have been an OPI. The refs let them guys play until like the final minute <laughs> when the Bengals linebacker got a phantom holding call. Maybe they should have called holding the play before. Yes, that, but, that's true. Um, that's true. I, I think the Ramsey – Ramsey was kind of out of position on the Higgins one before he even got his helmet yanked. Mm-hmm. And then you take the two places with Chase here. I mean, Ramsey got cooked this yes. game, and Aaron Donald did save him. Aaron Donald saved him. Yeah, Aaron Donald certainly did save him. And Deion, we, Deion's we, not making those mistakes and is not getting burdened. So he, he we, can't put himself in a Deion discussion. Deion is we showing have, up in the Super Bowl. <laughs> we gonna have another discussion about who the best corner in the league is now after that right, game yeah, for Jalen Ramsey. That's true Sorry, Jalen. <laughs> Let's go to Cooper Cup, man. One of the best receivers in the NFL. Um, some people still think Devontae Adams is better. I'll probably lean that way too. But Cooper Cup had the seasons of all seasons for NFL receivers. Not only did he lead the NFL in receptions, touchdowns, yards, he led the NFL postseason in the same categories as well. Caught a touchdown in all four playoff games. Only Larry Fitzgerald did that. And for him to catch two touchdowns and win the Super Bowl MVP, um, just cementing an incredible, incredible year by him. Um, You know, his impact in that game, Tyler, obviously they needed him with OBJ out late in that fourth quarter. I mean, it's really one of the best seasons by a wide receiver in NFL history. He won the receiving triple crown, NFL Offensive Player of the Year, Super Bowl MVP, and quite frankly, when Odell Beckham got hurt, I thought the Bengals were going to win that game, similar to when we saw the you know college football national championship game when Alabama's star receiver got hurt because the yeah. Bengals, they just keyed in on Cooper Cup. They were having zone coverage, and they were like bracketing him with three deep, three players, a linebacker, yeah. a safety, and a corner. And yeah. it was just all <laughs> – all their attention was on Cooper Cup. And you can tell the second quarter, the third quarter, they had no answer. Nobody was making a play. Van Jefferson, nobody was making a play. Yeah. So then in the fourth quarter, Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford were like, I don't care. We're just going to force feed Cooper Cup and pray that he can get the ball. And it worked. <laughs> that's, all that, that's all they had to do. That's yeah. all they had to do the whole game. That's all they had to do the whole and game, it, Tyler. Which is and so- he was still a stop. <laughs> Everybody knew that's all yes. he can go to is Cooper Cup. And mm-hmm. he delivered those passes. I mean, you have to credit to Matthew Stafford, too, because some of those were extremely tight windows, especially that no-look pass across the yes. middle. That was probably Stafford's best pass of the season, might be best pass of his career. Of his career. And even the the touchdown, the touchdown that was nullified, how did he hold on to that ball? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I thought he, got yeah, I thought he was concussed. And then mm. a few plays later had the game-winning touchdown. I mean, poor Eli Apple. Yeah. He was getting cooked, but every, everybody was getting cooked. But I don't get why he was single-covered. And I, I'm putting two on <laughs> Cooper Cup, and I'm forcing everybody else to beat my players one-on-one. Um, yeah. But man, he caught four uh, catches in that final drive, including the game-winning touchdown. Mm-hmm. 
I, I thought it should have been co-MVPs. Uh, they vote for the MVP two minutes to go in the Super Bowl. I did think that Aaron Donald. Right before Aaron Donald's. Yeah, uh, should have uh, been awarded, uh, both been awarded that uh, MVP award. But oh, credit to Cooper So what Cup. you're saying is they – what you're saying is they voted right before Aaron Donald made those last they two did. plays. They did. They did. <laughs> but still, you, you, I just felt as though it would have been a disservice not to have both of them. And so for Aaron yeah. Donald, the impact defensively that he had in that game, especially in the second half, you have to have him on that award too. Because, and you have mm-hmm. to have Cooper Cup as well. Because without yeah. him, they're getting blown out. Because Matthew yeah, Stafford is not throwing anybody. I mean, me and you – who <laughs> might have had a better day than Van Jefferson <laughs> like and some of, some of their other receivers because they weren't they weren't creating any separation. Uh-huh. We can go on the field and not create any separation too. So <laughs> I could do the same thing, no doubt. Tyler. Yeah, I felt I kind of felt bad for Matt Stafford, man, because when you look at the second half, there. I mean, look, he threw two picks in the second, one in the second quarter, one in the third quarter. He threw a pick right after OD, OBJ went out mm-hmm. the game, right? Um, and so when I look at Matt Stafford and I see OBJ's gone. Robert Woods, you lost him for the second half of the season. Tyler Higby didn't play in the game. He had a knee injury, I believe, right? Yeah. So you got the backup tight end out there. Cam Akers is running like literally one yard per carry. He had an eight-yard run late in the game. That probably was a big, huge difference for them. Um, You know, Sonny Michelle didn't do much in that game. Daryl Henderson, they had to throw some passes out of the backfield just to move the ball. Um, You know, there was no other player really to give the, 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 the Rams any kind of offense. And... The same token, too, I don't think the Bengals really took true advantage of those moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got the touchdown with Higgins on Ramsey when he ripped his head off, but <laughs> there needed to be another score. There needed to be another score by Cincy, and I think, you know, ultimately, look, I, I think the Bengals did get shortchanged here. I think that holding call on the linebacker uh, on the Cooper Cup play, you know, on a third down that could have, you know, a field goal would have put them down one instead of the touchdown that could have put them ahead. I think the Bengals definitely got screwed on that call. But there were there were bad calls both ways though. I I, I can't just single out that one play because just you just said uh, Jalen Ramsey got his head Jaylen head ripped off. That was a touchdown. Yep. And then the play mm-hmm. right before you know that questionable holding call, the Bengals could have got holding, holding right call. there. And, was the actual holding? Yeah, call. and that uh, t- uh, that Texas route to the running back. So I mean, there were bad calls both ways. Um, I don't think that call, you know, should be, you know, singled out and um, saying, you know, the Bengals would have won that game if that call won that because the Rams got shortchanged on some calls too. But man, yeah. Cooper Cup was the the Rams' best running back option too because he had, had uh, so yeah, that reverse, down, that, that, down yeah, that reverse well. on the fourth and one too that kept the drive moving uh-huh. when the uh, uh, the running backs couldn't get it going. So he was the best option at running back. And the best option yeah. at wide receiver. So he definitely deserved MVP. I just thought that the award should have been shared with Aaron Donald. Yeah. I think we can say, you know, a lot of people are going to still say, you know, Devontae Adams is probably a better receiver overall. But I mean, it's close. Nobody, nobody could say they got the resume that Cooper Cup had this no, season. Nobody, nobody. Nobody in NFL history can say that. This guy is for real. This guy is serious. If you didn't know, now you know. And hopefully you remember. Um, you know, Let's real, real quick, uh, Tyler, let's get into some OBJ talk, man. I know we're missing our, our third party who loves the OBJ talk <laughs> and can really, really vouch for OBJ a little bit more than us. But um, when he scored the touchdown, when when Stafford found Beckham for the first touchdown of the game, um, man, it just felt like a, 
it felt like a redemption moment mm-hmm. for OBJ. Like he's I'm on the I'm on the big stage. I left the Giants after I went on a boat before a playoff game. I left the Browns because Baker Mayfield and me had beef and really didn't get along. And now I'm with the Rams. I've been scoring all these touchdowns. We got to the postseason. My Bitcoin dropped in value. I'm only going to make like 35000 <laughs> this year. But I'm here for a Super Bowl ring. And it felt like when he made the first touchdown, then I think he had another play after that before he you know, tore his ACL for the second time. But he had another play after that where we're like, all right, he might be the early favorite for Super Bowl MVP. In the first quarter he was. And, and then the, uh, you know, the, the ball hit his hands. And as soon as the ball hit his hands, he felt his knee and he grabbed his knee and he went down in the field in pain and was in tears. And I couldn't feel more for OBJ because of the fact that the Rams were in prime position. He contributed just as much as Aaron mm-hmm. Donald and Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford did in that Super Bowl. I just what were your thoughts on, on the whole mood of the team when OBJ went down and I guess his mood after the game, man? Yeah, I felt so bad for OBJ. He was writhing in pain on, on the ground. You knew it was a serious injury. It was a non-contact injury. Anytime a player goes down like that and then clutches his knee, uh, you fear the worst but hope for the best. Um, unfortunately, it was the worst. And the game really turned on that moment. Um, the Bengals started to, um, as we said before, uh, key in on Cooper Cup, uh, bracketing him in zone coverage. And the Rams had a tough time figuring it out. And, you know, I thought the Bengals were going to rally and win that game. Um, you, you can tell the the sideline, they were taken aback a little bit. And when you lose, I mean, they lost. It, it, was, it was just it was bigger than OBJ because, as you mentioned, they had already been without their tight end who had, you know, got hurt earlier in the playoffs. You know, without Robert Woods uh, for a majority of the season. So they were missing a lot of key players and they really, really desperately needed Odell Beckham Jr. to take some of the pressure off Cooper Cup. So when when he went down, I didn't know how they were going to move the ball because they could not run the ball at all. Uh, So credit to the Bengals defense. But, you know, I did feel sorry for him, but you can see that like sense of relief and emotion just pouring out uh, when he was, yeah, when he, um, you know, when the team won, because he was pacing around on that torn ACL <laughs> on the sideline. I saw him down there because he know, knew the type of impact he could have uh, had overall yeah. in that game. Um, you know, if I'm being honest, I, I think the Rams would have won by a little bit of a cushion if uh, Odell Beckham was on the field because that opened everything up for their offense. You had to pay attention to OBJ and then Cooper Cup could eat more because OBJ, you have to respect the fact that OBJ can take a slant pass to the house or, you know, run a post and get a, you know, a huge gain or run a go route like he did on that uh, first quarter touchdown. So I felt sorry for him in that respect, but I was happy that he was able to see the Rams win a Super Bowl title. And he had a big impact, albeit in the first quarter, but he had a big impact. They obviously desperately needed every single point they uh, could get to win that game. Tyler, the crazy layer about OBJ as well, too, man. His girlfriend is expecting him. Like, there was talk about him potentially, like, not even being at the game or something like that. He was going to be at that game. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, he wanted to be at the game and he wanted to be at the birth of his child, understandably. But, like, I I just only can think of the Rams, how, like, it seemed like their whole game plan was maybe centered around OBJ or, 
it definitely felt like, you know, the reason why they got the Rams went after OBJ was because Robert Woods mm-hmm. went down and they needed a number two. So, well, so um, oh. so um, Robert Woods actually got hurt the day after the Rams uh, got uh, Odell Beckham Jr. So it, it at first it was a luxury move, but then it became a necessity, a necessity. <laughs> because Robert Woods <laughs> went down. So, you know, the timing was perfect. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead and continue. I just wanted to clear that up. But no, thank you. I missed that point, too. But, yeah, I feel like, you know, they probably had a whole game plan centered around OBJ. And the fact that he probably may have missed the game due to his, you know, his his, his uh, child being born mm-hmm. or now with the ACL tear, you know, his his absence was definitely and um, made an impact in that game. But the Rams were able to turn it around, man. Let's uh, let's talk, you know, real quick about Matthew Stafford. I mean, the man can't enjoy his Super Bowl win without mentioning or everybody else mentioning uh, should Matthew Stafford be in the Hall of Fame? So I think, Tyler, let's touch on this conversation. I think you're shaking your head. I already, already think I know how you feel about it. And I probably agree with you as well. Can the man enjoy winning <laughs> his first Super Bowl after years of misery in Detroit? I know. He didn't even have 24 hours, man. 24 hours. He, he his body was still smelling like champagne. I saw him smoking a cigar after the game. He still has cigar <laughs> breath. And we gonna talk about is he a Hall of Famer or not, man? I don't like. I'm so disappointed that this you know conversation is happening right now uh, because it happens. You, you gotta it happens in this sport. You gotta let players live, breathe a little bit. Damn, can he enjoy the moment? <laughs> um, if. If I had to answer the question, I don't think Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer right now. Yeah. But he can get in there. I mean, a Super Bowl, that carries a whole lot of weight. I know firsthand that those Hall of Fame voters, they, uh, you know, Super Bowls weigh heavily on their minds. Super Bowls and individual accolades. Uh, Stafford doesn't have a lot of the individual accolades as far as MVPs, uh first team all pros, but they they do weigh Super Bowl championships a, a whole lot. And he does have one of those. So he deserves to be, I guess, in the conversation. Um, but we should let players uh enjoy themselves. Just like the Aaron Donald talk. Uh, I know the whole retirement stuff. Let him enjoy his moment. He won and he even said it. I'm going to enjoy my moment right now and just celebrate and just, you know, be with my family, friends and teammates. So I'm going to do this, that same thing out of respect for the players. But I do think to answer your question, Safed, that, you know, I don't think he's in a Hall of Famer yet, but he still has, what, at least three more prime years left. Um, so he, he, I would say even yeah, more. Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe even more. You know, I was being, uh, you know, <clears throat> generous, but I, I do think he he deserves to be in the conversation, and he might, he might, he might get in. The thing about Hall of Fame, man, which which goes against Matt Stafford, is you know, um, I mean, twelve seasons in Detroit. I mean, how many postseason wins did they have? How many years was he not the best player on his team because Calvin Johnson was on his team? Um, you know, you look at the the passing stats that he has, they might be a little inflated because like literally 60% of the games he played, he was playing from behind <laughs> in Detroit, right? Um, you know, I think I would say that his no look pass to Cooper Cup in that middle of the fourth quarter, 
that pass alone deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I mean, that pass won a Super Bowl. Uh, but Matt Stafford is going to have to pad his pad his, his his resume with some more Super Bowls. And, I mean, even that is not guaranteed because Aaron Donald's looking at retirement. OBJ's a free agent. You know, the Rams going to have to put their roster together again, you know, if, if you know, some of those guys don't return. And um, But, yes, Matthew Stafford should enjoy the moment. Um, we'll see how many more Super Bowls he can possibly win. But I think this adds – another layer to his legacy that maybe didn't was not there before. Maybe he was always known as a really good passer, mm-hmm. uh, a gamer, a guy who didn't wasn't afraid to play injured or play hurt and um a guy who really could help your team win and I I think the win, the Rams win in the Super Bowl helped prove that for Matthew Stafford as well. It was validation for uh, <clears throat> him though, I think. And I think that's more important um right now and even validation for the the Rams for making uh, that move, uh, Sean McVay, yeah. Lesney, they knew that they needed to upgrade at quarterback to be able to reach mm-hmm. their ultimate goal, and they were proven correct. Yeah. Let's talk about the other side of the ball, Tyler. We showed a lot of love to the Rams here. We got to show some love to the Cincinnati Bengals. Shout out to our friends, Tony the Tiger. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our friend, Bengal Jim. Poor Bengals fans. They made the trip all the way to L.A., and I'm pretty sure – They were as heartbroken as the Bengals were. But, uh, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals had the lead with about 125 left in that game. The way they came out of halftime, I mean, Evan McPherson saw the halftime show, but everybody else is focused on the game plan coming out. You know, the first play on the second half, T. Higgins ripped Jalen Ramsey's head off, and they had a long touchdown. And, um, you know, they they had 10 in answers, like you said, right, Tyler? I love that you keep saying that. T. Higgins, Taylor Ramsey yeah. said off. I call it like I see it, Tyler. That's what happened, right? Yeah, I mean, you you ain't you ain't lying. You ain't lying. The Bengals you came know, out like gangbusters in that uh, second half. Ten unanswered they points. They really did. I thought the, they were going to pull out that game. I was like, man, the Bengals are really going to win this game because I didn't see yeah. how the Rams were going to move the ball because the, they had been, you know, stopped, bottled up. For since mm-hmm. the Odell Beckham uh, injury, so man, you have to give that team credit though. They play hard. They play with oh, heart. Yeah. They play with passion. Mm-hmm. They're not overall. They're not the most talented team, man for man. You can stack them up with the Kansas mm-hmm. City Chiefs. They're probably not the most talented team, man for man, against the Kansas City Chiefs. But that tandem of uh, their receivers, their three receivers, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. With Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon mm-hmm. in the backfield, man, if it's they can offense. keep that nucleus together and upgrade that offensive line, we'll be talking about mm-hmm. the Bengals for several uh, years to come. The the key is obviously protecting mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. They have yes. to upgrade that offensive line. And, you know, when I covered the Bengals, I said it before. I was of uh, the mindset the Bengals should draft Panay Sewell or Rashad Slater. Yeah. I thought they needed to upgrade that yeah. offensive line. And, you know, it was, you know, Team Chase, Team Slater, or Team Sewell. And the, obviously the Bengals went with Jamar Chase. And they proved, the right yes, yeah, it was the right decision. They proved me wrong because Jamar Chase, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. But still, though, that offensive line reared his ugly head in, the, <laughs> in Tennessee. They they got by and won. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a bad game against the Chiefs, but then they reared their ugly head again mm-hmm. uh, against, you know, the well, Rams. So 
It, I think you had tweeted this during the game, too. The Bengals' offensive line played fairly well. I mean, better than expected. Only seven sacks. I mean, only, seven is still only. a lot of sacks. Don't get that wrong. <laughs> it felt like they were going to get a lot more, right, with Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald and Von Miller there. But I think, look, I, I think the Bengals made the right move getting to the oh, yeah. I think it's pretty 100%. obvious. I think one receiver, a star receiver, a dog receiver, an alpha male receiver, a guy who completely tore Shalen Ramsey before and after he got his head ripped off. I mean, look, Jamar Chase made a huge difference for the Bengals turnaround. 100%. Along with Joe Burrow, it was the right move. And I don't even think Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater, I don't think one of those guys could have fixed the whole entire offensive line. That just doesn't happen. Not anymore. at all, especially Sewell. Um, the Bengals have to. Because he didn't have a good year. Sewell, the, <laughs> no. Slater was a pro You bowler. know, these guys, Slater, ha- Slater had a great year. Yeah, look, I think these guys, they're going to have to really, really tool that offensive lineup. Free agency, draft. It's going to be something that they have to do the next three years. I think they need to find their next Joe Mixon. I think they need to find a better tight end than Usama, who's a great guy. He's the he's the bloodline of that locker room. His interviews are my favorite. Yeah. He might be my favorite Bengal outside of Burrow and Chase. Um, but they need to find a better tight end overall, talent wise. Replenish that offense while you're replenishing your defense. You got to resign Jesse Bates. He was the best defender on their team the whole year outside of uh, Hendrickson. Um, the Bengals are, are primed, man. The Bengals are primed. Um, but I would want to say one thing to you, Tyler. You know, I'm not sure if it might be a foregone conclusion that they're going to be in the Super Bowl many, many more times from now. I think the AFC is a gauntlet, and the Bengals got through this year. They're going to be feared every year they're in that gauntlet, but you still got Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs waiting to have a rematch with you. You still got Josh Allen and the Bills waiting to get past and break through that that point. You still got Lamar Jackson and the Ravens ready when they're not injured and ready to play. You still got Justin Herbert and the Chargers, you know, ready for their spot in the postseason. You still got Tua Tunk. All right, let me not go too far there. Yeah. <laughs> let me not go too far there, Tyler. Did you see my face? Let me chill. Let me chill for a little bit. You still got a lot of teams in the AFC, man. Look, the, the AFC is a gauntlet that the Bengals are going to get out of. You know, down here in Miami, remember Dan Marino getting to the Super Bowl and saying we can get here many more times, and he never went back. Um, it's a reality. It could happen to the Bengals and Joe Burrow, just like it happened to Dan Marino and the Dolphins. But uh, um, the Bengals certainly have a bright future if they can round out the rest of their team because the players that already got on it right now, man, they're, they're not nothing to mess with. Yeah, I, I do agree with you uh, there. Those opportunities do not come uh, very often. And the proof that AFC – I honestly think if the Ravens are a, a healthy team, they might be AFC North champions. Lamar Jackson, yeah. I know people are debating Lamar Jackson or Burrow. Lamar Jackson has an MVP. I would probably mm-hmm. still slightly give the nod to Lamar Jackson over Burrow in that division. And that's just in his division. And then the Cleveland Browns, I mean, they still have some issues, but they're not really going anywhere. Uh, I just the worst team in that division, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that seems very Uh hard to believe, uh, considering the success that they've had in previous years. Um, And then Buffalo, Josh Allen and those boys, they're not going anywhere. As -hmm. you mentioned, the Chiefs, I'm picking the Chiefs again. I'm probably even picking the Chiefs. again. They're my early Super Bowl favorite next year. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this Ravley fell asleep for a second. It's all good. The 
key thing is for the Bengals, they're not going to sneak up on teams anymore. They snuck no, up on a lot there. of teams this year. A lot of people didn't believe in them. They're going to have a target on their back now. So they're going to go in the uh, people's uh, stadiums and they're, uh, their opponents are going to rise up to the occasion because they know this was the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. So next year is going to be a challenge for them. They have the players to be able to combat that and be able to rise up to expectations. But, I mean, making a Super Bowl for a second straight season, I don't see it happening for the Bengals. But Joe Burrow has proven me wrong. Jamar Chase has proven me wrong. So it's hard to count out the Bengals. It will be hard to count them out in the future, man. It definitely will. Tyler, how much fun did you have at the Super Bowl halftime show, man? I may have been twisting my fingers a little bit and uh, doing a couple of head, I'll say head uh, nods. You was like head nods. Uh, you was dancing like Snoop on the stage, <laughs> huh? You know, it was, that was one of the best halftime performances I've ever seen. Uh, I have to I watch it again on TV like three or four times, though, because I still have not oh, done that. Oh, I saw it live in person. No, I, I got to watch it on not, TV. But, you know, Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> I, I said it numerous times. He's my favorite rapper alive. So to see him perform, to see Snoop mm. Dogg, I grew up listening to Snoop and Dre. They yes. were amazing. Yes. Mary J was good. Eminem was good. I thought 50 Cent's performance was a little weird. I didn't really know that it was him sne- it was sneaking weird. down, uh, uh, upside down. But he, he <laughs> hanging was, upside but down. I, re- I respect you know his uh, po- performance. I was at, at the club with him the night before. That's a here nor there. But <laughs> I did enjoy the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show. You could find Tyler in the club <laughs> like 50 Cent. Wow. I did enjoy wow. that Super Bowl halftime show. It, it, it was amazing. Um, I love California music. It, it was it was good. West Coast vibe yeah. through and through. It was great. What about you, Safa? All the way through. Yeah, no, I love it. I, look, I love, uh, you know, I grew up on the East Coast, but I love Dr. Dre. I love Snoop Dogg. I love the fact that Dre found Eminem and 50 Cent and had them both you know, in the Super Bowl uh, show as well. Um, I love the fact that Snoop wore his outfit. I love the fact that Eminem kneeled after his uh, singing Lose Yourself. I love the fact that they caught Snoop, um, you know, in the stairwell before the show went off, doing what Snoop does before he needs to prepare for every every show. Um, I loved everything. I love 50 Cent burst, busting out of his tank top, looking like a dollar twenty five <laughs> out here. I'm really, really happy about that as it well. It was missing one thing, though. Um, it was a great show, man. I don't think... It was it was, was it missing, missing one thing, and I would be remiss if I did not say this. I would have given the halftime show an A plus if there was a Tupac hologram. I needed Tupac to be in that See, show. I knew you was California say Love. That. I needed his yeah. part or Gangsta Party. If that would happen, I probably would have fell out my chair. Mm-hmm. I would have probably felt like yeah. I might have been in the news for being unprofessional in the press box if that would have happened. So maybe it's a good <laughs> thing. But I needed that Tupac hologram. I needed that needed Tupac it. hologram. <laughs> it needed a Tupac hologram. It needed some Kobe kind of shout out too, but uh, Super Bowl show is great. I don't think it tops. Uh, it's one of the best of all time. Yes. I'm not sure if it tops Michael Jackson no. in 93. I don't know if it tops Prince Prince in the rain down here in Miami. Uh, but I think it's up there. Even J-Lo and Shakira a couple years ago. I thought that was probably one of the better ones, too, if you really like their music and stuff like that. But look, West Coast vibe, it brought it all the way back. It brought L.A. home. And I think the Rams winning the Super Bowl was a nice touch for the city of L.A. And 
um, you know, in a sports town that has so much other things to do. Um, you know, the Rams put themselves on the map in Los Angeles, that's for sure. So you, you did mention Kobe, and they did actually, you know, pay respects to him during uh, – before the game, they did like a whole like L.A. tribute yeah. and like to get the crowd pumped up. And they had uh, Kobe's, um, you know – um, What's the widow out there? Vanessa um, Bryant. And, you know, in the video. So I thought that was a special – yeah, Vanessa Bryant. I thought that was a special moment for, you know, the L.A. fans and just Kobe in general. You knew he was washing down on the stadium. <laughs> uh, Tyler, we got a special guest coming through, man. I think this is the podcast, a special guest now. Uh, we're welcoming, welcoming in our USA Today Sports Plus producer, Jalen Thompson. Jalen is our resident poet. You could catch him every Friday in the Sports Plus Lounge. Um, he's also wrote a really great story this week about Raheem Morris, the Rams defensive coordinator, who, uh, you know, along with Aaron Donald and that Rams defense really turned that Super Bowl upside down. Uh, Jalen, I wanted to, you know, ha- you know, have you want to talk about your column, man, and, and what you think about Raheem Morris and the job? Can that you he tell did the fans what he's wearing, though, please, before we get into his no, column? No, I mean, I mean, can we? Can we talk about that afterwards? I mean, we, we have some good banter, but okay, fine. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jalen. Defend your outfit. Jalen's in Atlanta. He's a Georgia fan. I'm a Gator. We don't get along. Uh, he's also really happy the Braves won, so he's got that on Tyler, who's also pulled out his L.A. Dodgers hat on some LeBron Wee stuff, talking about L.A.'s title town just because they won a couple titles in the last couple years. None recent more than the Rams title, but that's near, neither here or there. This isn't just an L.A. hat. I mean, just a Dodgers hat. This is an L.A. wide hat. But go ahead, Jalen. <laughs> I am so I am so happy to be here. Like, I have been clamoring for this all year, and I'm finally on the It's a Football podcast. So I am so happy <laughs> to be here. We couldn't keep you away. We couldn't keep you away for that long. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, the story on Raheem Morris, it was something that I was watching the Super Bowl, and I noticed like, if you know Raheem Morris, he's calm, he's unfazed, and he did something very intuitive where he brought pressure up the middle with a linebacker and that allowed the outside defenders like Von Miller and Leonard Floyd to have one-on-one matchups because they were so consumed with trying to stop Aaron Donald. That kind of strategic strategy changed the game. So I want to write a story about, hey, he made this in-game adjustment, and plus he hasn't had a chance to be a head coach. That's a way that you show that you can be a head coach in this league by making those adjustments. And also I saw Jalen Ramsey speak glowingly about Raheem Morris. So I said, let me put this together and let me try to explore this story. And that's kind of how it all came about. Yeah, I think one of the unfortunate parts too, Tyler, is you know we talk plenty about the lack of diversity coaches here in the NFL. Um, Raheem Morris, Jalen, maybe you can give us a little more insight on was previously a coach before, and it's been a while since he had a shot again, man. Yeah, it was, it's been over a decade. I believe 2011 was his last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a full-time role. And if you look at his record, it's 21 and 38, but he led the Bucs to 10 wins. And you know who his quarterback was when he led them to 10 wins? I'll give you Who's guys, that? I'll give you guys a hint. He's not in the league right now. It was Josh Freeman. <laughs> Josh Freeman was his quarterback, and he led that team to 10 wins. And that was in 2010. And after that, he hasn't had a head coaching job. But we've seen people like Chip Kelly, Bill O'Brien, Urban Meyer. They come from college, they get a job, and then they flame out, and they go right back where they come from. And then you have 
these guys in this this latest cycle that haven't had any head coaching experience at all. And Raheem Morris has been doing it for multiple years. He paid his dues twice. So I feel like he deserves a shot. The the thing in with with you know the whole lack of diversity in the NFL as far as black coaches, it's unfortunate that you don't see a lot of them get second chances either. It's one chance, you flame out and you're out. Mm-hmm. Now that's different with, you know, Lovey Smith and you know some of the other coaches, but you see it, it it's totally different with whitehead coaches. If Bill Belichick only had one chance, <laughs> what would have happened? We, who would, the Vince Lombardi would still be the best coach of all time. <laughs> there might not even Thanks. be a Tom Brady with multiple Super Bowl rings. So, you know, th- there is a double standard when it comes to head coaching in this league as far as white coaches and black coaches because you see time in and time again white coaches get second and third chances and it's like a, a steady good old boys pipeline. But when it comes to black coaches, it's we're, we're probably going to give you the worst job, i.e. the Houston Texans this year. And then we're going to give you one season and then you're out. And it's, it's just unfortunate. But keep on going, Jalen. Oh, I was saying exactly. And also, Sean Mayvay said something very, very important. He was like, Raheem Morris is like a brother to me. Now, this is Sean McVay, the Super Bowl-winning head coach who has pretty much done it all, thinking about maybe hanging him up himself. He's saying that Raheem Morris is a brother to him. And I mentioned Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey said that Raheem Morris taught him how to be a leader, not only on the field but off the field as, as a parent, as a father, and things of that nature in his own household so that when he continues to build and grow his family, he has those skill sets to do so. I think that just talks about the man that Raheem Morris is. Yeah, I think Raheem Morris's name came up a little bit, you know, during this this coaching cycle here, and his job with the Rams certainly warrants a little bit more in the next cycle too. And and guys, as you guys know, you know Brian Flores is suing the NFL, you know, to to shed a little bit more light on the interviewing, the hiring, and the firing practices of, of black coaches here. And you know, Raheem Morris is just another example that Brian Flores can add to his case. Um, you know, hopefully we see some more diversity hires here. Um, right now in the NFL, there are five diverse hires. There's Mike Tomlin, Ron Rivera, Robert Saleh, um, Mike McDaniel, and Lovey Smith. And, you know, hopefully there's some more. Hopefully some, you know, diversity comes in ownership at some point or another. But um, it's definitely an issue that we will continue to broach here on the Football Podcast. And we hope the NFL, you know, continues to approach it as well. All right, guys. Well, uh, this is a part of the podcast where I face the music. I face the music. I, uh, I'm just, you know what? I'm just gonna let Tyler tell you guys what's what's going on here. Tyler, go, go ahead. Take it away. Let me just uh, pour an Aaron Donald. You know, put an Aaron Donald. You know. Oh, you're pointing to your finger. Uh, you got a ring. Point, I'm pointing to my ring finger. You know, I. You got a ring this I, season, I got, Tyler. I got a ring this season for winning the picks. Oh. I won the regular season picks. I won the playoff picks. I'm not the two mile oh, okay. horn, but you know the first. You Cooper Cup. You Cooper Cup to me, uh, huh, yeah, Tyler. You know, I'm the MVP of this podcast. You know. Oh, that was- <laughs> man. Soffit. You're out here oh, acting man. like it was a landslide. Yeah, Soffit, you know, was I was not I, a I was giving Soffit credit. He, you know, oh, made a valiant effort. Man. He, you know, he tried good in our inaugural season, but I'm 
We tried. We tried. I, I'm taking home the ring. <clears throat> I'm taking home the Taylor championship. Took the crown, man. Uh, Sanka, you tried hard. You, you held. You you know you fought hard. You fought hard. I held down. I held down the season. What ten straight weeks? Eleven straight weeks? I just and, couldn't. And, oh, you know. You, th- thanks for reminding me. What did I say at the beginning <laughs> of the season? You were going. You were going to get I'm out the blocks the again. You were going. Oh, that's what you said at the beginning of the you season. You were going to get no, out no, the no, blocks, no. and I was going to pull yeah. you same boat. You same yeah, boat. It wouldn't be a podcast. I, I was going to be a podcast you, you bring it up. It it's be the a- longest 100 <laughs> meters I have ever witnessed in my entire I was life. Gonna pull it you would not be. Bolt. It was. It, it's not. A, it's a football podcast without Tyler Dragon mentioning Usain Bolt and the AFC North, and we got them both in, in the postseason wrap up. Yeah, you, Tyler. Yeah, congratulations, man. Thank you. Tyler, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You deserve it. I you will give it. it to you. In week 17, you guys were tied. Of the regular season, fifty and thirty-six among your picks, and then Tyler won it in the last game of the season the with one pick because Safed picked Atlanta over New Orleans. What it? And idiot. that was his risky. That was you were going for a risk there. Yeah, I was. And I was. you were going between that <laughs> and the Chargers versus Las Vegas, well, which look, you both picked the Chargers in. You ended up keeping lost. that. And you could have pulled ahead with that. Wow. So you think my my thing was like I really was trying to play chess to checkers with, with Tyler. I was trying to avoid a tie at the end of the season. Nobody wants to see a tie. Come on, guys. We, You know, there has to be – I have to feel like Josh Allen here. You know, I want a real overtime rule, no ties. Tyler, you won fair and square. I think we need to do 13 seconds of silence for me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do Josh Allen and the Bills like that. But look, I, I you know I was I went for Atlanta. I tried to go for the upset. I thought I was gonna make it big. Maybe I would have been patting my chest on the back to my horn. Who's saying boat? Who's saying boat? But you know what, Tyler? Go ahead, man. You you know you take your championship in the first season. We'll see how it goes next year. Uh, speaking of next year, Tyler, let's talk about the Super Bowl odds for twenty twenty three. You know what happens every year after the Super Bowl comes out. They talk about who's going to win next year. So, of course, we're going to talk about Matthew Stafford Hall of Fame, but we're going to talk about next year as well. Way too so, early so far, Super Tyler, Bowl predictions. <laughs> way too early Super Bowl predictions. Tyler, picking the Chiefs again might work out for you, man. The Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills are the co-favorites so far um, to win the Super Bowl. Your thoughts on that, man? Real quick, your thoughts on that. Emily already said it. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. I think they're going to go into next season with a chip on their shoulders. They believe that they should have been uh, in the Super Bowl, but they They played, you know, a a terrible second half against Mm -hmm. the Cincinnati Bengals. Give the Bengals credit. So the Chiefs, they need to shore up that defense, especially that secondary. And if they do that, they'll be right back in it. But don't Mm -hmm. sleep on those Buffalo Bills because that's probably the most complete team. I could say the same thing. Literally everything you said about the Chiefs, I could say about the Bills. They got to shore up that defense, okay? Come on, guys. The Bengals stopped the Chiefs in overtime. How come the Bills couldn't stop the Chiefs in overtime? Not even that. You could have stopped them for 13 seconds after in the fourth quarter. Come on, Buffalo. You guys really messed this one up. Forget about the overtime rules and stuff like that. Buffalo, you had your chance. You messed it up. I was rooting for you. I'm rooting for you next season. You're rooting for yeah, them. You got to fix wow. that defense. I know up. Dolphins fans aren't going to yeah, want to hear that. Yeah, I think Buffalo. You're rooting for I mean, the I'm Buffalo Bills. Too, but I like to see. Hmm. I like to see Josh Allen play. I think he's a star. Okay, so so we so. we uh, Tyler. Next up, who's in the NFC though? What happened? What who's going to be the NFC represent next? 
Next up, Tyler. Next up, Tyler. We got the champion Rams are the third choice, okay. twelve to one. And the base better. We got than the Bengals. Way. Yeah, I, don't, I, I know producer Emily. I think the base better than LA too. We got the Rams in third. Uh, we got the Bengals thirteen to one. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now without Tom Brady. Maybe somebody thinks they're going to get a quarterback. Um, they got the Bucks and the, and the 49ers at 13 to one. And then after that, it's Green Bay and the Dallas Cowboys, mm. Tyler. So that's those are the top six, seven picks for the Super Bowl next year. Um, really bullish on the Cowboys as well because we know what the Cowboys do, right, Tyler? They're an accident <laughs> waiting to happen in the postseason. They'll get 100 penalties mm. in a uh, playoff game, get a crucial <laughs> turnover when it matters most, mm-hmm. R- run a uh, – what What did they run? A QB draw with <laughs> under 20 seconds to have a time run out. The Dallas Cowboys, they're always going to make the crucial mistake to lose the game. No, stop, stop. It's just we didn't need to <laughs> – Poor Dallas Cowboys catching some straight bullets from Tyler on the other season wrap up. That's so unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in to us on It's a Football Podcast this season. Um, as some of you guys know, this was our first season with USA Today Sports Plus, you know, a new venture with USA Today. Um, we're doing our best to help you fan harder with USA Today Sports Plus. We're going to have so much more draft coverage coming up here in the coming months. Uh, we're looking forward to our full expansion of all the NFL teams, um, you know, going into next season. We're looking forward to give you more in the USA Today Sports Plus app, which you could download in the Apple Store and Google Play as well. Um, so I guess we could wrap it up here, Tyler. We'll be back next week. The season's over, but we're not over. Uh, we want to say thanks for listening so far. And we really, really look forward to uh, continue to bring the heat for you this offseason as well. Thank you for listening. listening, Thank you for watching. Thank you for reading our work. We wouldn't be here without the fans. So we appreciate the fans and the readers for, you know, enjoying and reading our coverage. And don't forget to subscribe to all USA Today Mm -hmm. Sports Plus content. Tyler, you should go get some sleep, man. You still look Super Bowl hungover. Oh, yeah, I, I am. I am too much party. Too much party. <laughs> What's your favorite city in California? And the base better than LA. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder. Show!